This podcast is brought to you by Proton Dealership IT, the cybersecurity and IT experts committed to keeping your dealership safe from cyber attacks. To learn more about how to better protect your dealership, go to info.protontex.com slash fish. That's I-N-F-O.P-R-O-T-O-N-T-E-C-H-S dot com slash P-H-I-S-H. Want to dive deeper into the topics you hear about on Daily Drive? We're offering listeners a special offer, 20% off a one-year Automotive News digital subscription. That gets you access to all of our news, information, and analysis made for automotive industry leaders like you. Go to autonews.com slash daily drive promo to redeem. Welcome to Daily Drive for Thursday, October 12th, 2023. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News in Detroit. And I'm Kellen Walker in Las Vegas. Today on the show, the UAW abruptly adds Ford's largest and most profitable plant to the strike. Tesla's EV share falls as growth cools in the U.S., and car dealers might get a reprieve from the FTC's proposed junk fees ban. Plus, a conversation about the far-reaching effects of the UAW strike against the Detroit Three. The UAW is not really revealing where the sticking points are. Now, I haven't seen anything in public saying, well, if we just get this and this, we'll be done. And so it's really hard to know what the priorities are and how they're balancing these priorities. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. The UAW has abruptly shut down Ford's largest and most profitable assembly lines. The union expanded a four-week-old strike against the Detroit Three to include the Kentucky truck plant on Wednesday afternoon. The union announced the walkout on social media, saying Ford, quote, refuses to make further movement in bargaining. The union telegraphed the move about 45 minutes before the official announcement with a post that it quickly deleted. Kentucky Truck is one of two Ford assembly plants in Louisville. It employs roughly 8,700 workers who build Super Duty pickups, as well as the Ford Expedition and Lincoln Navigator large SUVs. In a statement, Ford called the union's decision, quote, grossly irresponsible but unsurprising given the union leadership's stated strategy of keeping the Detroit Three wounded for months through reputational damage and industrial chaos. The company said it had presented what it called an outstanding offer and that it has been bargaining in good faith this week on joint venture battery plants. There are more details about what led to the strike expansion against Ford on autonews.com. Tesla's share of the U.S. EV market in the first eight months of 2023 fell more than seven points from a year earlier. That's as registrations of its high-end vehicles, the Model S sedan and Model X crossover, dropped by double-digit percentages. Experian data in the January to August period show Model S registrations fell 51% to more than 9,700, and Model X registrations declined 18% to just over 16,000. Tesla's more affordable Model 3 sedan and Model Y crossover posted significant gains. The automaker's total registrations grew 46% to 438,000. Because overall EV registrations grew more than that, Tesla's share declined to 58%. That's compared with 65% in the first eight months of 2022. Toyota is taking another step toward a breakthrough in solid-state batteries for electric cars. The world's largest automaker says it has a new partnership to develop mass production methods for the critical electrolyte. 
It will team up with Japanese petrochemical giant Itamitsu Kosan to commercialize the advanced battery technology in the 2027 to 2028 timeframe, paving the way for what the company is called full-scale mass production. Successful development of all solid-state batteries is seen as critical to unlocking the potential of full electric vehicles by enabling much longer ranges in smaller, lighter packages. The batteries are scheduled to arrive in time to help Toyota achieve its goal of selling 3.5 million EVs worldwide in 2030. Meanwhile, Kia is eyeing its own EV adoption breakthrough. It's looking to break the price barrier to electric vehicle adoption with a new wave of mass market compact EV nameplates that will start in the mid $30,000 range. The Blitz kicks off with the EV5 crossover, Kia's third dedicated full electric vehicle, building into a lineup of four affordable EVs that Kia hopes can deliver major volume for the brand. And car dealers could win an exclusion from the Federal Trade Commission plan to broadly ban junk fees. That's if certain provisions in the controversial proposed rule targeting auto dealerships are finalized. The FTC on Wednesday proposed a rule that would ban businesses from charging hidden and misleading fees and require them to show the full price up front. The proposed junk fees rule would apply to industries and companies broadly, such as event ticketing, hotels and lodging, apartment rentals, and car rentals. Companies that fail to comply could face civil penalties and have to refund consumers. But car dealerships would be excluded if the FTC finalizes provisions on offering price and misrepresentations in its Motor Vehicle Dealers Trade Regulation Rule, or Vehicle Shopping Rule, which was proposed in June 2022 and also seeks to ban junk fees and bait-and-switch advertising tactics in the car buying process. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, the art of war, hit them where it hurts. Ford's largest plant now on strike by the UAW. Is Stellantis and GM next? Could be, would make sense. But one thing we've seen so far with Sean Fain and this UAW strike has been that it's been unpredictable. As you said, the Kentucky truck plant, you know, is really where it hurts Ford, uh, generates, you know, half a billion dollars in revenue each week. Uh, we know last week the UAW thought about striking at GM's Arlington plant, which is a really important plant for them for full-size SUVs. Wouldn't surprise me to see that one go down this week and maybe uh, Stellantis, uh, Sterling Heights, Ram truck plant. You know, it looks like things are getting worse. I did read a note from one analyst this morning uh, suggesting that maybe these actions, while they indicate a ratcheting up of tension, they might also indicate that they're closer to reaching a deal. Maybe within a, a week or two, they need to show the workers that they're really putting up a good fight and hitting forward where it hurts is the way to do it. I hope we do see the light at the end of the tunnel sometime soon because this has been going on, in my opinion, forever. <laughs> Coming up, the UAW strike has taken some big twists and turns recently. We'll talk about the far-reaching effects next on Daily Drive. The auto industry's shift to carbon neutrality is here and it's accelerating. But is it enough? This is a moral imperative, an economic imperative, a moment of peril, but also a moment of extraordinary possibilities. No more hesitancy, no more excuses, no more waiting for the others to move first. There is simply no more time for that. 
Driving to Zero is a new podcast series from Automotive News that looks at the auto industry's roadmap to carbon neutrality. We take a big picture look at the environmental, political, and social trends pushing the move toward a greener future. And we pull back the curtain on how these decisions are being made at the highest levels. I said, you know, the, the headline that you need is is GM believes in an all-electric future. And I think Dan Ammon and Mary Barra pretty much said the same thing, which is, is like, but, but we, we don't. Spoiler alert, they came around to that idea. Find out how and much more. I'm Jake Neer. Join me and Automotive News Executive Editor Jamie Butters on Driving to Zero. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. Email phishing happens every day. Cyber criminals are out to trick your employees and coworkers into handing over valuable information that can compromise your dealership through impersonations, fake giveaways, and urgent emergency requests. All it takes is one click to shut down everything. Phishing is the leading cybersecurity concern for dealerships. Without the proper training and protection, your business is left vulnerable to ever-evolving attacks. One day you click an email, And the next thing you know, you get a call from your IT guy. Your email has been compromised, shut down immediately. Stories of attacks and their consequences come flooding in every day. And all it takes is one click to shut down your dealership. You have enough to worry about as it is. Don't add getting hacked to the list. Let Proton Dealership IT help ensure you are fully protected and learn how at info.protontext.com slash fish. That's I-N-F-O dot P-R-O-T-O-N-T-E-C-H-S dot com slash P-H-I-S-H. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. The UAW strike is now in its 28th day. This week had been mostly quiet when it comes to big developments to report on. That is, until yesterday. As we talked about earlier, the UAW abruptly added Ford's Kentucky truck plant to the strike, hitting the automaker with a work stoppage at arguably its most important plant. Earlier today, automotive news reporter Michael Martinez and I spoke with two people who have insights into the strike and its ripple effects across the industry and the economy. Peter Berg is a professor of employment relations at Michigan State University and the director of MSU's School of Human Resources and Labor Relations. Scott Kunis is chief operating officer of Kunis Automotive and RV Group. We spoke live on the Automotive News LinkedIn page. Here's a piece of our conversation. Professor Berg, where do you think we are in this process? Are we closer to the end than the beginning? Well, I think it's difficult to know just whether we are at near the end of the beginning. But if I had to hazard a guess, I'd say probably closer to the end because there's been movement towards some of the union demands over time by the auto companies, thinking about wages and some retirement issues. And then also GM's move to recognize battery plants and put them under the master agreement. We've seen some shifts over time that in that direction. I think this move by the UAW to strike the Ford truck plant is a sign of ratcheting up the pressure as the UAW tries to move towards agreements in these companies. Is there a sense that you know they have to go after the big truck plants or the other big money makers before they can really show that they've made a serious strike, even though it's lasted quite a while and gotten a lot of uh, news coverage? Well, 
these are the big cards that they have to play. As you, you know, use that boxing metaphor, you're using jabs and now you're taking bigger swings mm -hmm. and wanting to hit the auto companies at bigger plants where there's more revenue at stake. And that's a sense of pushing the companies harder to come and and move towards the where the UAW sees an agreement being reached. And so I think that looks to me more like end stage activity than beginning stage activity. Peter, I, I wonder what you think this means, this action against Ford's Kentucky truck plant for GM and Stellantis. We saw the union last week threatening to strike GM's Arlington plant, which makes full-size SUVs there. But arguably Ford had the richest contract on the table, at least in terms of raises and what they were doing for temporary workers. Does this signal maybe that GM and Stellantis will be struck next quickly? You know, that's what this targeted strike strategy is about in a way, is keeping the companies off balance. You don't know what's next or when they're going to pull your plan and say, no, we're gonna strike the truck plants at GM now. So it sends a signal to the other companies that the UAW still has that ability to do it. And they necessarily don't want to play that card or they still they'll tell the company, look, we don't want to do this, but it's an option for us. And you know, it's an option. So let's, let's move towards an agreement that we both can live with here. Scott, I want to get your perspective as someone on the ground, so to speak, living this day to day as a dealer. You have, I think, all the Detroit three represented under your portfolio. What does the fact that Ford's no longer producing super duties and expeditions and navigators mean to you? And then just broadly, how have things been these past few weeks? Well, it means a very big deal to us. Uh, it seems like Sean, uh, Sean Fain is has looked at this very closely and and has looked at what models that we have the most demand for and the lowest day supply and those are the plants that they seem to be striking so um, it is definitely a hit right to the bottom line when we uh, don't have these high and in demand models uh, such as that super duty but also before that the bronco and, and maverick um, and so it's definitely a targeted approach that is is hitting dealers and the manufacturers right where it hurts the most. I think the other thing that was very uh, surprising to us was them striking the parts distribution centers because that was an immediate impact to not only dealers, but the consumers. Uh, with, when you're striking a plant that's building uh, vehicles, we have a day supply sitting on the ground, so we could maybe wait, out that, wait that out. But we don't always have those parts that are needed to repair these vehicles in stock and ready to go. So that was a that was a, a drastic blow. Have you had to delay repairs or have customers had to wait to purchase or get a repair? We've seen we've seen delays on certain repairs in certain areas. Uh, we did try to proactively stock up uh, before the strike happened uh, and just in, in case that may happen. Um, and it happened a lot quicker than we thought it would. Uh, we did think that this was going to be a residual effect, not a instant effect. What are your options at this point? Can you trade with other dealers in the area? Have you been doing that? What else are you looking at? Yeah, uh, most dealers have been trying to work together, especially on, on certain repairs when a vehicle is down uh, and the customer is, is without a vehicle. We also looked at our loaner fleets to ensure that we had you know, proper 
a proper amount of vehicles that we could supply consumers with a vehicle if their vehicle is down and as we search for parts. So um, we have seen some major issues, but not nothing that we haven't been able to overcome as of yet. Now, if we could talk strategy really quickly from the dealer standpoint, Scott, I know the union has been encouraging its members to canvas at dealerships across the country, not necessarily to pick it. I think there are some legal rules around that, but they're telling them, hey, get in a group of people, print out these flyers we pre-made for you and stand around showrooms and, you know, maybe pass out a flyer or two to customers to let them know why we think they're not getting their vehicles. Have you seen that at any of your stores and what do you make of that strategy? Fortunately, we have not. And as a dealer body, we are, you know, this entire industry is is intertwined. And But as a dealer body, you know, we are, we stand with the UAW workers and we stand we want. Uh, we also stand with the manufacturers. They are our partner. Um, and so it's really a, a you know, three-pronged approach here, but we're kind of on the outside looking in. So um, we have not seen that happen. I'm glad we haven't seen that happen because we're, we're kind of a, a neutral third party here. And Peter, from that standpoint, what are your thoughts on how the union has waged this strike? It's happening in front of plants across the country, but it's also happening in public on social media, in front of dealerships and, and elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, I think the union is using the strategy which is quite common now to use social media as a tool to get the message out. You know, I think the Gallup poll, recent Gallup poll showing that there was 75% people polled supported the workers in this strike is part of what the UAW is doing by messaging through social media and various other um, sites, their message that the companies have lots of profits and we just want our fair share and and so this is a sort of David versus Goliath kind of argument. And they're going to use lots of different ways to get that message out. And I think so far it's been effective. Peter, what will it take to reach a deal? We've seen the companies, even before the strike, they were offering about 20% raises. Ford's at 23 right now. I guess one would assume GM and Stellantis would need to catch up. What else do you think is necessary to actually get a tentative agreement to take to the members? I think the wages have moved in an area where we haven't seen reports that they're going higher than the low 20s. So it may be, you know, you're always trying to guess what are the priorities that the union's really saying, okay, these are the things we've really got to have. So maybe wages within that in the 20s is something, retirement contributions is important. I don't think they're going to get something that is a reinstatement of a defined benefit plan for workers who don't have it. So they may want more retirement contributions, which I think GM has offered to do. I think the battery plant recognition was huge for the UAW because it expands their membership and holds the line on wage competition in those battery plants. We haven't heard much about some movement on temporary workers and bringing them in a little bit quicker on the two-tier system so that people can move into the upper tier a little bit quicker. So a number of those issues have been hit, but the UAW is not really revealing where the sticking points are. Now, I haven't seen anything in public saying, well, if we just get this and this, we'll be done. Playing that pretty close to the vest. And so it's really hard to know what the priorities are and how they're balancing these priorities. A lot of times 
silence in a way indicates that things are close. When both parties aren't talking a lot about what they're looking at, that means they're coalescing around different ideas. So these are, again, we're trying to read the tea leaves and answer impossible questions. We just don't have all the information to, but that's what I would say based on past experience. Peter Berg is director of Michigan State University's School of Human Resources and Labor Relations, and Scott Kunis is chief operating officer of Kunis Automotive and RV Group. They spoke with automotive news reporter Michael Martinez and me. You can find the whole conversation on the Automotive News LinkedIn page. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer, as well as Automotive News journalists Lawrence Iliff, Hans Grimel, and Aji LaForest for their reporting for today's podcast. You can get the latest news on the UAW strike, retail, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for a conversation about how apprenticeships can help solve the technician shortage. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.